0: Hello everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters Europe, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Philippe Durand, partner at the Paris law firm, Auguste de Bouzé. In this special series of podcasts, we will be looking at employment and labor issues affecting businesses and organizations, specifically in our European jurisdictions. Joining us today on the program are Marcel Steiniger, partner at Forip, and Polia Ruska, who is a senior associate in the same law firm Forhip in Switzerland. Marcel and Polia, how are you doing today? Thank you very well. We are excited to participate today.
1: Exactly. Thank you, Philip.
0: Excellent. Are you calling from your office in Geneva or Zurich or are you calling from home today? No, no, we are calling from the office. In Zurich. In Zurich. Excellent to have Zurich online today. So the topic today is whistleblowing, and we all know it's a quite a hot topic in the European Union. And this is probably because, of course, the EU member states must have implemented a new EU directive on whistleblowing into national law by the end of this year 2021. Now, Marcel Polia, what is the current situation in Switzerland with regard to whistleblowing at the moment?
2: Yeah, as... Uh... Non-New Member Switzerland is not obligated, actually, to implement the respective European Directive into national law. There is also currently no plans underway that aim at implementing the relevant provisions in national law on a voluntary basis. Originally, it was the goal of the Swiss legislature to explicitly regulate whistleblowing by law. In particular, it was intended to stipulate When an employee has a right to report if he discovers irregularities at his employer, how he must proceed in the event of reports, to what extent there is protection against dismissal for reporting employees, and to what extent the employee may, for example, consult an external lawyer in order to obtain advice. However, the legislative project failed last spring after 12 years of debate in the Swiss Parliament. It was a very long debate. And accordingly, whistleblowing is not regulated in Swiss law today. We therefore primarily rely on court decisions and the general principles of Swiss employment law, such as employees' duty of loyalty and employers' duty of care as a guidance for the assessment of corresponding constellations.
0: Well, that's quite a original and specific situation you've been describing. That's probably what makes Swiss law on whistleblowing so specific. But again, this background, to what extent would you say, Polia and Marcel, is the employee allowed or even obligated to make a report if he or she would become aware of any irregularities within the company?
1: Thank you very much, Philippe. So um, the situation with regard to the duties and obligations of an employee with regard to whistleblowing consolation is, is as follows. According to case law, and this was also confirmed by the Swiss Federal Supreme Court, an employee is entitled to address the employer with regard to irregularities at any time. But it is very important that such reports are not malicious and that they are based on reasonable grounds. So, if that is the case, an employee is entitled to get in touch with the employer and to inform him about irregularities the employee is aware of. In certain situations, we also have also a duty of the employee to inform the employer with regard to irregularities. This is, for example, the case if there are major irregularities at hand in the organisation of the employer, or if there is a disturbance of the work field of the work environment within the organization of the employer. So that's the situation with regard to the duties and obligations of the employee with regard to the how an employee has to proceed in case he is aware of irregularities there is a very important principle which needs to be observed and it's the so-called cascade system. This was established by the federal Swiss Supreme Court as well. And according to that system, an employee is always obligated to first get in touch with the employer. This means that an employee is not entitled to first get in touch with the competent external authority or even the public. So if an employee gets aware of irregularities within the organization of the employer, the employee has to get first in touch with the competent person within the organization of the
0: employee. Well, that's certainly interesting to see how judges in any country or democratic countries like Switzerland can manage a gap, an absence of statute, and they can certainly fill in that gap and provide appropriate measures like this cascade system you were just referring to. And based on what you were saying so far, Marcel and Polia, I think the audience does hear today a difference with the EU law. A direct notification to the competent authorities is allowed regardless of the fulfillment of any additional requirements. So in this case, coming back to Switzerland, the notifying employee may also rely on the protective provisions of the directive. That's what would normally apply under EU law. Coming back to Switzerland now, what are the legal consequences if an employee would not adhere to this cascade system you were just referring to as he or she would be allowed to do under uh, European law and turns directly to the competent external authority. Marcel or Polya, who wants to pick up on that?
1: Well, thank you very much, Philip. And as you just explained the situation here, we really have a big difference between EU law and Swiss law because if the employee directly turns to the competent authority or even to the public well, but mainly to the competent authority, then he risks or she risks that the employer is entitled to ordinary terminate employment relationships. Because if an employee is not in line with the cascade system, which was discussed, then that uh, represents a breach of the duty of loyalty, which means that according to Swiss employment law, an employer would at least be entitled to terminate the employment relationship with the employee in the ordinary way under observance of the contractually agreed or statutory notice period. We have exceptional cases, however, where a direct reporting might be justified and where such direct reporting would not lead to the qualification of a breach of a contractual duty. So, We have such an exceptional case, for example, if the employer itself is involved in the respective irregularity and therefore aware of the situation and does not take care of it, or if the employee is, according to the law, obligated to make a direct report. So these are actually the two situations where direct reporting might be justified and might not lead to a breach of the duty of loyalty. And then we have another two situations which was also confirmed by the Swiss Federal Supreme Court where an employee is entitled to directly address the competent external authority or rather an external lawyer. And that is the first case is if an employee gets aware of a criminal situation or a criminal irregularity within the organization of the employer. The employee is, as long as such a report is not malicious, again, and based on sufficient suspicion, is entitled to get in touch with the competent criminal prosecution authority. That's on one hand. And on the other hand, and that was also confirmed by the Swiss Federal Supreme Court, an employee is at any time entitled to get in touch with his lawyer to consult about the situation within the organization of an employer. And that does not represent a breach of the duty of loyalty.
0: Thank you, Polia, for that. Now, of course, as employment practitioners, Polia and Marcel, we've got a question that comes often across from a practical point of view from employers, from clients. How would you handle the situation, or what would you say to an employer who must deal? with an internal report that would be submitted to the employer. How would the employer under Swiss law be handling this kind of situation?
2: Yeah, thank you, Philip. Swiss employment law does not impose an obligation on the employer to provide for a specific internal procedure if a report is submitted. But we have to be clear here because there are also other general rules and obligations, especially for the board, for example. For a board of the company, he has to supervise the situation in the company, that everything follows the law. And so there is an obligation for the board to act or react. And there is also a criminal conduct where a company can be held criminally liable if they do not have measurements in place or an organization that helps to prevent such conduct, even criminal acts as such. So, The employers are therefore required to react to such reports, and first of all, the employer will have to decide whether to initiate an internal investigation or not. Dealing with these reports, the employer must in particular protect the personality of the person making the report and of the person who may be accused in connection with the irregularity. So... We have on one side the identity of the whistleblower and on the other side the person the accused person and there is always the question of the accused person that he wants to know the identity of the whistleblower and he has no right actually to know the details of the whistleblower as such so That means that the employer is required to ensure that the allegations and the measures taken are handled confidentially and that the relevant information is only made available to those persons who need to know about it. Further, the employer is obligated to inform the accused person with regard to the allegations made and about measures already initiated. Additionally, the accused employee must also be given the opportunity to respond to the allegations made towards him. So the employer must protect the whistleblower from retaliation, such as mobbing, for example.
0: Excellent, uh, Marcel. Now, coming back to a point that was already mentioned by you, i.e. when internal irregularities are reported, internal investigations are regularly Initiated afterwards, what does the employer have to consider in this context from a Swiss law perspective? Pauliane or Marcia, I don't know who wants to answer that one.
1: So, from a Swiss law perspective, and I think that's not only for Swiss law, but I think for the whole European area, data processing is always a hot topic. To which extent is an employer entitled to supervise and monitor employees? To which extent is an employer entitled to ask the employees about what fact patterns and about what circumstances? So data processing is always something the employer has to think about. And first of all, it starts with the supervising of employees. To systematically monitor employees is not allowed according to Swiss law. And in addition to that, it's important that if the employer um, monitors, supervises employees, it must be recognizable for the employees in advance. This principle is as such applicable to all data processing constellations. So it must always be recognizable for the employees in advance if data is processed. And then... What often happens in the context of such internal investigations is that the accused employee, for example, gets asked several questions with regard to the fact pattern which needs to be investigated. And with regard to the questioning of employees, it is always important that such questions always need to have a link or need to be connected with the working environment, with the workplace Of the employee, which means that an employer is not entitled to ask the employee questions about the employee's private life, except the private life or the respective questions with regard to the private life would lead in the direction of the irregularity which was reported to the employer. So, those are very important principles with regard to the handling of internal investigations and especially with regard to the Handling of questions towards the employees. With regard to the employee's duties, it is important to know that according to Swiss employment law, the employee is obligated to answer the questions in a true way. So he must be honest, he is not entitled to lie, and he is also not entitled to refuse to testify. I mean, that's a principle which is very important according to Swiss criminal law to refuse to testify. But in Swiss employment law, that principle does not apply.
0: Well, Polia, that's certainly interesting to stress that this protection against private life for employees or you also mentioned prohibition to monitor employees' activity all the time. These are certainly principles we find in other jurisdictions. But listen, Marcel and Polia. I don't think we could avoid one key question, I think, which is the kind of protection measures that Swiss law would provide in favor of whistleblowers, because that's obviously a critical point.
2: Well, maybe I can give you an answer on that, because Switzerland is always going a special route, you know. Switzerland has a special role in Europe as such, and also here we have a special way. There is no explicit protective measures that a whistleblower can invoke in such a constellation. Here, too, the general rules of Swiss employment law apply. And there is the duty of care where the employer is required to protect the personality of the whistleblower, especially against retaliatory measures. And also, it is legally delicate to terminate an employment relationship due to such an internal report such action may be qualified as a revenge termination and such a termination would be abusive. And according to Swiss law, it would result in an employee being entitled to a compensation up to six months salary. But I have also to mention that six months salaries are only awarded in very extreme cases. Usually it's a reward in the area of one or two month salaries, and maybe four months of salary, but six is really only for very extreme cases. However, there is no protection against dismissal, which means that the whistleblower can be terminated, even if the termination is recognized by a court as abusive. The termination remains valid. In contrast to EU law, we do not know a reversal of the burden of proof, So there is also a special route, a special way of Switzerland. In the EU, it is now the employer who has to prove that the termination was not in the sense of a retaliation as a result of a report. We do not have this in Switzerland. If the employee claims that the termination is abusive, then the employee must enforce this in court and he bears the burden of proof in this regard always a high hurdle for the employee.
0: Well, that's certainly, Marcel, a a significant difference you pointed out between Swiss law and EU law, for sure. Now, if we try to take one step back, what would you recommend to employers? What do you think should be considered and implemented in the context of whistleblowing under, under Swiss employment law?
1: Thank you very much, Philippe. That's a very interesting question, and I think, Um, We would like to bring that question in a bigger context. There was a report published in 2019 in Switzerland by a Swiss University of Applied Sciences. And about 1,400 companies from the UK, from Germany, from France, and also from Switzerland took part in a survey with regard to several questions concerning the topic whistleblowing. And the result of this report was very interesting. It showed that about 40% of the companies who took part in that survey were affected by irregularities in 2018. And that thanks to the introduction of internal reporting systems and the encouragement of employees to report internal irregularities 60% of the total damage due to internal irregularities could be detected. That clearly shows to us that it is very important that companies should have a proactive approach with regard to the topic whistleblowing, and they should use whistleblowing as an opportunity, as a chance, and they should not see it as a threat, which From a less legal point of view, but more a corporate point of view, a corporate culture leads to the situation that we actually advise clients to motivate their employees to report irregularities and that the employees should not be afraid that they will be considered as traitors. They should be encouraged to work with their ears and eyes open and to collaborate with the employer with regard to possible irregularities in the frame, in the, within the organization of the employer. So in this context and against this background, from a legal point of view, what we regularly advise is that the employer enacts uniform and transparent regulations with regard to the handling of whistleblowing situations that from a certain size of the company, they also introduce a competent whistleblowing body, which then is actually the first point of contact and which then also handles possible reports.
0: Polia, I think these are very useful tips for our audience today. I would like now to reach my final question and maybe as a form of conclusion, I would like to ask you both, Polia and Marcel, as a kind of a take home for our audience. Could you please summarize the most important differences you would identify between EU law and Swiss law in relation to whistleblowing? Yes, thank you, Philip. I think that one of
2: the major differences is that in the EU and in the EU member states, the issue of whistleblowing is regulated by law. Clear regulations have to be issued by the member states, which specify how to deal with whistleblowing from a legal point of view. Contrary to the situation in Switzerland, there are still no specific rules. The handling of whistleblowing is determined by court decisions and by generally applicable principles of employment law. This leads to a certain legal uncertainty in Switzerland, especially for the whistleblowers. We have only case-by-case case decisions, and it is also for the advisors difficult to give an advice or to make a judgment on the particular situation. So this is probably one of the major differences between EU and Switzerland. As we have no obligation to create an internal risk reporting office, there is no explicit special protection for the employees who make good faith reports of irregularities. And we do not have any relief from the burden of proof in the event of a lawsuit when it comes to the legitimacy of a termination. And in addition, and here there is probably a certain central difference, an employee in Switzerland must adhere to the cascade system, as Paulia explained earlier. The reports must always be made internally first. If he fails to do so, he risks termination. In the EU, on the other hand, the employee has a choice. He can report internally, but he does not have to, and instead, he can address the issue to the competent external authority.
0: Well, Marcel and Paulia, thank you for all that. I have to commend your uh, concision and your summary because you've been able to summarize Swiss employment law on whistleblowing in slightly over 20 minutes today by comparison with your parliament, which over 12 years has not been able to come up with any bill or or statute on this issue. So thank you for that. This was quite uh, interesting. And thank you for joining us today on this program. If you would like to connect with Marcel, Paulia or any of our lawyers around the world, please search for them on the ELA website at ela.law, that's of course, where you can sign up to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars, download white papers, and on-demand content, or access the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters Europe, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Philippe Durand, and thanks for listening today.